Welcome to the More Than a Club podcast with Marty Cuprian and Bill Lane. Welcome to More Than a Club podcast, episode 11. I'm your host, Bill Leahy, along with Coach Marty Cuprian, Youth Director here at Next Sports. Happy almost spring season to everyone. We welcome our listeners back to yet another episode where we dive into youth sports and lacrosse topics. Thanks, Bill. A quick update heading into the spring season. I wanted to give a big shout out to the Next Box Club staff, players, and parents, and congratulations on a tremendous winter season. We also worked with more than 700 local athletes through our boys and girls education programs here at Next, Play Fast Training and the Next Lacrosse Academy, as well as our Next Box Academy. Thanks to Bill, Coach Resch, Coach Law, Coach Manny, and everyone else who was a part of our box season. It was a blast. As we like to say, what's next? Today's topic is video, and our expert guest today is John Peruso, who runs Next Level Video. Next Level Video is a video company that we work with but the goal of today's chat will be to educate our audience more than anything else. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. There's no place I'd uh, rather be tonight. As we start today's show, we'd like to start it with our youth sports hot topic, something for parents. John, take it away. Yeah, so everyone kind of understands what video is, and they have general ideas, and they know that they should be using it for sports, but no one truly, yeah, it's been my uh, understanding as I deal with uh, parents day in and day out over the past decade or so is everyone says to me you know I have video I know but what should I actually do with it and the three the three things the three categories I've kind of broken it down into as I explained to everybody is first and foremost is you should use video as a learning and coaching tool uh, it's actually a great thing to use for a nostalgic purpose and then, of course, the, the one that's pretty prevalent and the reason that the Next Level Video, which is a recruiting video company, is around is they use it for recruiting highlight reels to send out to colleges to, to go on and play at that next level, which is you know where the name came from. So what I want to kind of talk about is are, are those three different things because recruiting is the one that gets all the spotlight and everyone kind of forgets about the other two. So what I would say is you know the, the first is a learning, a learning standpoint. It's both for the player and for the coach to kind of go back and watch it. How many times have you tried to tell a player over and over again, you know, you're doing this, you got to watch your space, and yeah, yeah, I got it. It's like going in one ear and out the other. But when you actually show them is when you, it's, it starts to sink in. Or a pa- your parent, you're in the car ride home, and you're trying to tell your, your teenage son or daughter, you know, you got to try and be more aggressive. Like, I know, Dad, I know, or whatever it is. They watch a video. It's, it's not going to lie, and that's, that's what we always say is the video won't lie. Um, <clears throat> and even from a coaching standpoint, uh, Leahy, I know uh, you, you'll probably have a lot to speak about that, um, both from scouting, sitting there with team bonding, and film sessions to kind of go through that and coach them up. Um, and the other thing is nostalgic. This is one that escapes a lot of people. Is Right now, it's so fresh in our mind, but how many times have you looked back on an old picture and been like, oh, man, look at that, and you started throwing it back? Imagine having a bunch of games. Like I'm sure you probably don't have any. Do you have any of your old games from when you were playing at high school or youth level? Uh, I do have a couple, yeah. I had a whole stack of not only 28 seasons of LaSalle lacrosse film. We're talking VHS, DVD, before you moved over to Huddle and Crossover, but Calvert Hall and Loyola DVD and VHS. My wife finally told me they had to go, so they went into <laughs> the archives at LaSalle College High School. They were taking up way too much space under our basement stairs, but yeah. Looking through those was really moving. I'm impressed. I thought you were going to say no. <laughs> I know Coop, Coach Coop has the uh, the 2000, 2007. 
uh, University of Delaware Final Four DVD. I'm sure that's been popped in once or twice, but most people don't. I remember there was a... John, you would love this. Episcopal Academy, I graduated in 2003. They sent our VHS tapes to ESPN, and they must have paid some fee for ESPN to drop in the sports anchors saying whatever their catchphrases were, like Stuart Scott, Booyah, or whatever else. And there might have only been 24 to 32 clips in the whole reel, and it was the corniest thing ever, but it was great. But when you got it, was it did you feel like a million bucks? That was special, but it's uh, it's amazing when you when you ask that question, just going back to that. And do you still have a copy of that? I could not tell you where it is. If you found it, you'd watch it, though. And that's my that's my point, is if we could get a hold of this stuff, and we live in an age where everyone walks around with a video camera in their pocket nowadays, like to have all that stuff, it, it, it's it's mind-blowing. So to have that that piece, um, and th- there's, there's even other, other portions of it. It's, it's not a widely known one. And unfortunately, there are situations, and over the years, we've had several calls. We've had parents that have called up. On, uh, a tragedy occurred in their family, and they, they unexpectedly lost their child. And now they're, they, they were so thankful that we were able to give them copies of their athlete playing in the day so they had some more memories. To, and those are the things that disappear on you. So that's another huge use of uh, video. Um, and then there's, of course, the recruiting one, but we'll touch on that a lot later because I can go on for about an hour talking about that. I think that's one of the most important aspects um, in our topic here for parents is, is the aspect of recruiting. And I just, just to chime in on that just quickly, as a high school coach who, who would get film from 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, which is just a wild thought as they pondered possibly entering LaSalle College High School. You know, I kind of put them into four categories of films I would get. Um, and one was like a humble film. It was just well done. It, it showed excellent moves it showed mistakes it was just almost like a youth game with just a little bit of music and but that's why i call it a humble film no frills no frills it was just kind of here's my kid and i really respected that because that's the kid i'm getting i mean as close as you can minus the uh, music and then there was kind of the um, realistic one which showed his mistakes as much as his successes again it kind of fell in the same world the third kind was like the showboat it would just get wild it was only the greatest moves <laughs> of all time since sixth grade and you're sitting there as a coach saying, that's not real. <laughs> like, this is a lot of fun to watch. It would even cause me to break out laughing, like, alone in my office. Like, that's unbelievable. And then you just get the bizarre <laughs> ones, right? They just were had halos and black and white and I'm color. <laughs> but as a parent, you want to send a good, wholesome film that to kind of reflect who your kid is on the field. The ones that were off the chart that you might think were really uh, kind of full of bells and whistles, they're the ones that, I hate to say, made me burst out laughing at, alone in my office. We're talking about 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. I mean, and I'm sure college coaches want to see the same thing, just a, a good, solid film that reflects the kid's ability and ability to grow. But I'd get an email like, did you like my kid's film? And I'm like, well, <laughs> kind of. It was interesting at best. So parents, you know, as you're listening to this and you're worried about a film and you're thinking about hiring someone or making your own, you know, make it a good one that's grounded, that shows a coach, this is my kid, or better yet, a player who's listening, this is me on the field, what I do well, where I can improve. Here's me responding positively after an error um, and making sure that it's, it's watchable and that somebody wouldn't kind of laugh or roll their eyes as they watch it. So... Um, that's just kind of my advice to parents as we start this show off. That's great stuff, guys. We'll move on and talk about our X and O insight of the week, something for coaches. 
and we're really just going to keep chatting with Coach Leahy. I wanted to ask him how film um, and having access to video has evolved during his time with the game and really how he used it as a head coach at LaSalle um, and has seen other coaches use it and, and any reflections just like he was sharing about um, film that come comes across his desk, whether it was potential recruits or um, your high school players at LaSalle Bill trying to market themselves and all that goes into that. Interesting, Kuba, as we were thinking about our next show and you came up with this idea. At first I was like, hmm, I'm just not sure I'm feeling this. Where's, <laughs> where's our Matt Rambo guest and our Tony Rash? John, not that you're not super special and important. <laughs> but then I looked over today's outline <laughs> And I was thinking to myself, wow, this is, this is great. Like I could talk about video. Yeah, it was in really the shadows of my career for 29 years. And, and it was our guest, John and, and Coop, you bringing this topic to um, the forefront that made me then say, I could talk about this all night. Cool. Yeah. That's so like, let's just go. What's your first question? Let's rock. <laughs> I feel like we're going to take it in a lot of directions. So uh, Coach Leahy, go ahead. So when I first think of film, I think about Calvert Hall College High School coach Mike Thomas, great guy in the 19, late 1980s, and the idea that your films were taped, Calvert Hall versus Loyola or Calvert Hall versus Gilman was taped, and you, you watched it like a day or two later, especially on a rain day. But you went into that room as a player terrified because that was old school, and Coach Thomas was old school. How did you watch it? Full team? Full team, absolutely. And... Uh, you went in almost as if you were going to a funeral because you didn't know when your moment was going to get picked on and identified. And it was never done kind of as a, a new wave learning moment, like where you're going to put your arm around somebody and let's talk about this. And, hey, John, what were you thinking while Bill was in left field here screwing up this goal against? It was Leahy. What are you doing right now? <laughs> Some expletives. Yeah, film stops. You're like trying to find words. I remember uh, the coach's uh, clicker. Yeah. Ooh. And you're like, ah, and your friends are looking at you and they're afraid to come to your defense. And, and you know you're going down in flames, but they're going to go down when their moment comes as well. And even in that intensity, you're watching a film so that your team can improve. And you're just a part of that team. So if you improve and you can explain what you were doing in that situation or why you chose to shoot high at that moment or why you failed to slide, you're making the team better, which was really the point but it was done under such stress or intensity. It still worked. It wasn't pleasant. We'd all leave half sweating when you left the, <laughs> the classroom. Um, and you'd look at each other, be like, boy, you didn't get it so bad, Bill. But you over there, Chris Colbeck, you got hammered. Coach Thomas really gave it to you. So it wasn't a pleasant experience when I look back at high school. It was a growing experience. We got better. We played in the toughest league in the nation. Um, and it was serious. I mean, film was where you learned the X and O of the game better. It's where your lacrosse IQ jumped off the chart. And you had to be able to explain why you were doing what you were doing on that field at that moment. And the truth is, you didn't know what you were doing sometimes. That's why you're watching, <laughs> you're watching the film. You know? So that was the Calvert Hall days. At Loyola with Dave Cottle, he was such an X and O um, guru. I mean, he was exceptional. That watching it as a bench player, really, myself, you just were getting a full classroom lesson in lacrosse IQ, especially in the way that the game was played off the ball. You know, and I, I suggest that to many LaSalle players over the years. When you watch film of, of LaSalle, or if you're watching um, Penn State versus Yale, I went to that game on Saturday, and I try to remind myself, as I reminded my players, don't watch the ball, because I mean, you will naturally drift to the ball right away. But the game's really played off the ball. 
you always know where the ball is. You really want to find out how the game's being played. Try to drift and watch everybody else away from the ball, especially when you're watching NFL football. Like we all focus on the quarterback handing it to the running back or throwing it. How about don't watch the ball, but just watch the linemen. There's a whole game going on between the defensive line and the offensive line, which is fascinating. And your mind within minutes will go back to the ball. So with Dave Cottle, you just had this chance to watch the game unfold on the ball, without the ball, and say, this is a lot more complicated than yeah. I really thought and more beautiful. And uh, if I really want to go into coaching one day, this is my guy, and I got to spend a whole lot more time studying, watching, enjoying games and not just watching it as a fan. So I, I came to learn that there's really two ways, at least for me, to watch film. One is as a fan. I just put my feet up and I just watch the game. And I am watching the ball 90% of the time, unless there's kind of like a tiff or a fight or a great save. And, and then as a coach, as a student of the game, and that's where I have to have my clicker. I'm stopping it. I'm rewinding it. I'm, I'm barely watching the ball. I might have to watch it once on ball, once or twice off ball. You know, not being the fastest processor in the world, I might have to watch it two, three times. And not only my team, but the opposing team. And then you find a play that you really liked from the opposing team. You're like, that's a great play. You know, we could do this play. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a 15-time run through until you can <laughs> di diagram it out on a sheet of paper until you've officially stolen it and it becomes yours. Uh, so Dave Cottle had a big influence of watching film in a different way. And then at, at LaSalle, it was, it was a part of our team building. It was a part of our team improving. There were times where we would have individuals uh, watch their section, how they're sure. playing. Maybe you just have the attack watch what they're doing. We were, I was just speaking with Coach Resch today at lunch at school, and we were talking about a couple years ago where we were having trouble communicating as a defense, talking, you know, again, watching the Yale game this weekend. You could hear them from the hillside. It was just awesome the way they communicated. So a couple years ago, we had a team that wasn't great at it. And it's hard at high school. You're still focusing on playing the game well and – so you're not talking. It's when you're playing the game really well that then talking becomes more natural. So how do you train that? And it was Coach Resch's idea. I think he had gotten it from a colleague. But to put them in the room, to put the players in the room and watch the film, but to turn the audio off on the film and have the players communicate like in the that. classroom. I got ball. I have first slide. That's cool. I've yeah. never heard of that before. Yeah. It was awkward and kind of quirky. However, if they could do it there while the film slowed the game down and their brain could catch up, then, you know, to some degree, it could carry over to the next game where we found that they would speak better on the field against a slower team, a lesser team. And then as you got better at that, the next logical step was, are you talking against Malvern, against Haverford? Um, and so it's really become a part. And then today's kids are different. They don't come in terrified. They come in with their cherry Coke and their water and <laughs> hopefully their apples and not their chips. And they almost are like take – so we have them take notes. Uh, we would also have them watch film the night before of our opponents or two nights before and then about their player. I'll be playing this gentleman from Malvern, number 11, and here's what I got to know about, about him. And we could add some of their insights to a scouting report. Um, and even after a game, they would have, I know the defense would watch all goals against and explain on a sheet of paper what went wrong, give us two or three sentences on every goal, showing the full breakdown, not just Johnny got run by, but then Timmy slid poorly. And it wasn't really Timmy's slide, however, he went, and then how did everything unfold? And they'd have to come explain that to the coaches, like walk us through each goal, um, which was really helpful. So they're using it more and more on their own now, I think, in high schools because of programs like Crossover and Huddle, where they can go home and log in. 
and they can watch their performance. They can watch opponents' performance. They can watch individual goals, especially crossover and huddle where you can just pick. I want to see all goals against. Yeah, those playlists are amazing. So one of the things I wanted to ask you today was like, do you remember the switch of all of a sudden that that content being at your fingertips on a computer as opposed to a VHS or DVD or does that all blur together? Because it sounds like you were really into video and used it in a lot of different ways. That's a good question. Somewhere in the 2000s, I think, the yeah. DVDs faded. And obviously, we went to huddle at that point. And just breaking the film down was a really new twist to it. They, and they struggled to tag it and things like that, correct? It was right? a lot of work. We yeah. would have managers do it. It's in a much better um, place now. And, and what was also amazing. interesting is that people um, prefer to watch the film in different ways. I know Coach Resch likes it tagged. And so that he very much liked to look at the different segments, goals against, then goals for, then face-offs, then saves. And that was never quite my thing. I like to feel the flow of the game. So I like to watch the whole thing straight through. But sometimes I do it at faster speed. Sure. And then if I have to stop it and slow it down. So That's there's great. so many different ways to, to use it. Clearly, by the time you got to crossover, that was also throwing in analytics. I really like to go into the you know, back page of the website and then clicking on my film of my team and then seeing shots on goal percentage who had the most turnovers. It's different. And then I would compare it to the manager's book and be like, yeah, somebody's not doing the right job. Well, I think another thing to talk about, too, is even just that, that change of that accessibility is the turnaround time, how quickly you can learn from those mistakes. You can now have a game recorded you and then watch it the next day of practice decides it wants to start pouring and start prepping for your next game and clean up those mistakes that much quicker. It, it, it's unbelievable. Even at, at tournaments, you can watch it in between the games when you have downtime. It's just, it's completely changed it, even just from our perspective. When we first started, it was on tape and our turnaround time and the cost, which is another thing, is video. I'm sure back then you were one of the few programs that had video because the cost had to have been astronomically larger. That's come down significantly with uh, the digital age, which is has made it so much easier. It's Everyone can have video, so there's almost no excuse not to have it. Like I remember I, I was in a, a new program. My senior year of high school was our first year of high school. And when I went away to college, I was the first kid out of the town to go away and, and play. And, you know, we're watching team video, and we're having scouting reports. It, like, blew my mind because it was so new. I'm like, this is genius. Why weren't we doing this before? And it was just because it wasn't available to us. Um, but that, that's another thing is, you, you know, you're talking about you went in there, and it was – you know, you guys learned as a team. One of the things that I found, um, I used to coach a couple programs in New York before I, I you know, we relocated the business to Philadelphia. Um, I found that our, our film sessions were, were, we hit on a couple different things. It was, um, you know, the kids could learn. It was about 50% learning, but it was also 50% bonding with your teammates and sitting there with them. Uh, it was an opportunity to, you had a, it's no different than when you coach or interact with a different kid. One kid, you yell at them. And he reacts, and then he'll do better. And the next kid, you got to kind of, you know, talk to him a little more softly on the side. Everyone responds differently. Some kids, they want to see, Coach, what am I doing wrong? But then you have that other kid that lacks confidence. And when you can just show in front of the group of kids and just be like, hey, look at that great ground ball you did, and they get to see yep. that, it builds them up. And, like, he remembers that. All he's doing or he or she is looking around just waiting for that one play to come on. And – uh, coach Lee, I know you were talking about how you guys were, you know, afraid, you know, when the coach goes, what are you doing right now? And you kind of go, I don't know what I was doing, <laughs> but how good did you feel when you made that, when you scored that goal or you, you, uh, you know, you, you knocked the stick out of somebody's hands, you felt like a million bucks, right? Sure did. It, it, it's the totally other thing. And then what I also found is when you're watching the video is 
the way you watch it, you gotta kind of, and the the volume and frequency at which you do it, it all depends on the the, the group of athletes you're dealing with. Some some athletes don't have as high of an IQ, and it might start glazing over their head, and their attention span is shorter. So you gotta kind of more just let it roll a little bit and pause it less. Um, and then as as that d IQ develops, you do it more and more. Then you start getting more into that granular stuff. Um, but the the other thing that I really found that is great is all those moments when you're talking you've told the kid 20 times you got to do this you got to do this it's a like video doesn't lie <laughs> and the best example i have for my coaching days i'll never forget it is obviously i, I was a uh, i had a lot of access to a lot of video gear so we had a lot of really high quality video and this kid tommy he's uh we're watching the video we're watching the video and he he raises his hand i already know what he's gonna say he's like and he goes coach what's what's wrong with your, uh, with your, with your camera? And I go, what do you mean? What's wrong with it, Tom? And he goes, it looks like I'm running really, really slow. Why do I look like I'm moving so slow? And the whole room just starts laughing. And they're like, that's what you look like when you run, you are slow. And like, they all laughed and busted his chops, but he started lifting his legs and he got quicker just by watching that. It was just, it was, it was, it was wild. So th there's, there's so many different examples I can give you on that, but it, it's a whole team bonding thing. Wait, are you saying you put his clip in slow motion? No, 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 to no. Bust on him, we or were, it just looked like it. We were watching it, and like he would drag his feet. And he just, yeah, he he didn't run very athletically, and he it took him to see that to kind of like work on it and snap into it. But the my my point is, right. it sometimes takes you got to see video. You asked about Team USA and film. Yeah, which was a great question. You know, watching Coach Toner and both uh, the Myers brothers, I'm sure they used it the similar as they did in, in college. One of the takeaways I had in watching a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, head coach use it with the highest level guys in Team USA is I loved when they would show the guys maybe six clips of our opponent. So that way nobody's glazing over and they'd say, here's six clips of Team Canada. Um, you know, each one was specifically chosen for a reason. You know, here's their face-off guy. Here's a goalie making his typical, hardcore, reliable save. Here's Jeff, Jeff Teep, again, being super crafty and creative. And I took that back and, and stole that as well from them at LaSalle. Like, here's just the six clips. You want to know Haverford? You want to know Malvern? You want to know Calvert Hall where we're going to play them? Here's these six clips. This will tell you all you need to know along with the scouting. That's great. It's just like being concise. And for me, if you just let it play, you talk too much. So... I really like that certain number of clips get to the point and keep those kids focused. So like we said, we're, we're talking about video today. We're taking it in all kinds of directions. And just to wrap up the inside of the week for coaches, which I think we might have gone 20 minutes there, but hopefully a lot of good stuff for you guys. I'd also like to mention some really good online resources for coaches, players, parents. Everyone should really know about these. Um, Lacrosse Sports Network is a free website where tons of games from um, all over the 2000s, uh, pro, college, men's, women's, are available there. You can watch full games. They also have all kinds of shows and different programs. And then there's uh, players right now and coaches at the top of their, their, their game, like Paul Rabel, uh, Deemer Class are two active players that create a ton of content that our players should really be watching, uh, breaking down fundamentals that we all know and love, uh, also introducing you know, some new training and, you know, innovative ways that, you know, they're coaching. So easy to pick up. And another one is uh, Uncle Ricky Beast, Rick Beardsley, the Syracuse legend, does a ton on Instagram Live. Um, and silly as that sounds, 
he will take you right inside the clinics that they do um, as he's teaching checks and working with some really good kids. So, um, you know, if you're not aware, start looking for it. There's so many uh, good resources out there for everyone. Uh, I'll pass it to Coach Leahy. We'll talk a little bit more about culture. So the idea of culture building and using film, I think, go hand in hand. It doesn't seem to at first, at least it didn't for me, but using film in multiple ways as a part of your team um, is a part of the culture. So if you came to play lacrosse at LaSalle or Calvert Hall or Loyola, you knew that this was a part of what that experience was going to entail and in every way, shape, and form. And one of the areas that I kind of grew into as culture building became more important at LaSalle really after 2016 was looking at body language of our team and people to be able to say, hey, look, Timmy, your head goes down every time they score a goal and your shoulders hump and they slump and you kind of drag your stick to the box. What does that say? Your body language says a lot more than our, than our mouths do. And I never saw that during the game because we're all frustrated the goal went in. But when you slow this down and look at the film, that stinks, right? That doesn't make you feel any better. It doesn't make you compete any harder. And it doesn't, and the vibe it gives your teammates is terrifying. And we didn't even know that until we watched it. You know, the, the idea that watching the sideline, how they celebrated yeah. after a goal that's for fun. or against. And so like that vibe stinks or that's really great. Or you know what? That's over the top. I didn't see you guys doing like the Santa slide at the end here, <laughs> but we don't do that here. That's a little insulting. The bench press. Like, I like jumping up and down like Maryland, slapping, high five, and I like that vibe. But doing all the gimmicks, I know some teams do it. I'm not, but that's a little much for us. And we didn't see you doing it because we're looking at the field and you're behind us. And you guys are having a great time. However, we got to reel that in a little, a little bit. Um, I never thought you would take us there, Coach. I love it. Yeah, I mean, there's just <laughs> different areas where film is, is a culture, and the entire time you're learning to be a better student of the game, which is the ultimate purpose. The other area that I found fascinating as I got older in my career was watching the film and identifying the three or four defining moments of the game. Wow. You were so involved in the game that you knew they happened, you know, but when you watch it on film, you're like, that, that was crushing. So that goal... That's where it went. Yeah, that goal wasn't just one by the Canadians, one goal. That counted as two. It's only one on the scoreboard, however. It came and it, with, felt, it felt like... It hurt. Uh, you know, it came with 15 seconds left in the half when we were up 3-1, to one, but now it's 3-2, and, and Teat also went behind his back. And we played everything correct on defense. So the whole message was, you're winning, but not for long, LaSalle. And that goal, there's a lot more of these to come because we just showboated that whole thing with our beautiful Canadian talent. And you could have been up by three, but now you're only up by one, and now we're going <laughs> to the quarter. So the next face-off is going to be rough for you. And you look at again at the bench, and you see the kids, and their shoulders are down. They knew it, right? And all those moments that a big hit, you know, or I always thought four to, four to one was an interesting score because at, you get the next goal, you're 5-1, you're starting to get some, some distance, 4-2, you know, 4-3. Like, goals are interesting because they don't just come it's, – it's not as simple as counting. I have four and you have three, or I have seven and you have five. Uh, again, seven to five. The next one's eight, five. I'll take that any day versus seven, six. You know, and I would never pay attention to this on the sideline. There's just so much going on. But I'd watch a film and I'd say, that was a defining moment. How did I miss that? Why did I not call a timeout then? Right, next time I will. I let that get away from me. This was getting away from us. And I let this happen when I could have reeled the horses back in and said, all right, breathe. You know, 
but I didn't because I was just so caught up in the emotion of the moment. So going back and as I would take my notes watching film, not only would I you know, do the goals against and I was going to say, how many pages of notes is this? There's no way this is just thoughts in your head, right? You're writing well, this stuff down. I think down you're, you're writing, watching. you're writing the X and O's things down, but I, kind of the deeper part of me is going, I, I don't, have to, I don't have to write this down. That stunk. Sure. I should have called a timeout there. Your body language stunk. Lift your head up. And these are things that come out in practice. I don't have to write them down. You just feel it all over again as you're watching. I also would get the vibe of this is what it must look like from a fan's perspective or a parent watching. This right. is where they were kind of. You know, I thought it looked great right down there on the sideline. Now that I'm up here with a different perspective, I'm not so sure I feel the same way. It's funny you say that. Uh, we have some awesome box across parents that film that have filmed some of the tournaments on their phone and things like that. And um, you know, when you add the, po the parent commentary and you're on the other side, it's a totally different ball game. Um, and even some of the college games now, where you can hear the uh, the microphone is not far from you know the bleachers, and you can hear actual conversations up there. Um, it's pretty it's pretty interesting what you pick up from a different perspective. So um, I did. I did not love all the parent commentary, so I'm glad we're we're on the right side of uh, the bench. Right, that's we just noise, so we just turn that off. No sound, you just go silent watching, which is even more difficult because you you now took away a sense, one of the senses, and you just have to watch the X and O's of it. We completely mute all the film for those exact reasons. We protect people from themselves. And it, talking about defining moments or the emotion of the moment, one of the other things I found is. Um, the way people interact with the refs or calls because you look at it one time we watch a lot of plays and a lot of highlights and in the motion you're like, the moment you're like that was an amazing play or and then you rewatch like oh it wasn't that big of a hit or whatever it is but a lot of coaches especially earlier in their career get a lot more emotional start screaming at the refs and things like that and sometimes they got to go back and watch it and be like you know he was on sides or you know he didn't get him in the head sometimes and you get to learn from that and that was something that I learned one of the things I would go back and rewatch, I'd have the games done, and sometimes I'd be so fired up because I'd be so caught up in the moment about a call. Sure. And I'd go back and rewatch, and I was like, oh, no, I was, I was wrong. But I'd be, you know, 22 years old, yelling at these refs, making an, you know, a fool of myself, and it, I had to dial back, no different than a player learning. Like, you know, coach has to learn how to become a better coach, has to learn things like when I should have called the timeout, all, all those different things, and you watch your motion. And it's not just – sometimes it's not just an emotion of – um, you know, the players, it, it, you know, as a coach, too, if you're getting scored on and you start showing poor uh, body language, that's going to translate back to your players in little mannerisms you might not be aware of. Um, and then the other thing is a lot of players, especially in the day of social media, people only want to rewatch game film or parts to pull out their, their highlights and their, their goals because they want to boast that out. And that's the type of player I was when I was younger. And it didn't do me do me very good. I was, you know, my father would record the games. I didn't have a ton, and you know, I only wanted to pull it out because I was, you know, a video editor, and I wanted to make little highlight videos to show people and showboat my stuff. And that was the only time I, I didn't want to watch it to get better. And then conversely, in the same family, my brother, he was the type that he couldn't get the camera fast enough, and he watched every single game, every single second, multiple times. And you know, you look just just taking video alone, and that mentality. And there's also parts of our training, but. You know, I was a middle-of-the-road D3 player. He watched and used video nonstop, and he was All-American, team captain, played Division One. And, you know, I'm sure if you guys look at your athletes that have, you've both coached and the ones that have played at higher, higher levels and committed to top-tier programs versus the ones that didn't go as far in their career, I bet you if you took a survey and asked them, 
who watched all the video we had on their own outside of team film versus who did, I bet you there's a straight correlation between those two. So watching the lowlights is just as important as watching the highlights. You know, when we're selling film, everyone wants to buy the game where the kid scored 20 goals. They, but sometimes you've got to watch the one where 20 were scored on you so you can see you should have been you know, in, a be in a better position. Um, yeah, I think overall if we're going to conclude this section is that film as an aspect of culture building is an immediate system of evaluation and feedback. And that's for practice. We would film practice once in a while. I know colleges do it more often. We'd obviously film games. Look at ourselves. Look at your opponents. Look at your players. Players look at themselves. You pointed out a good one. Like, look at myself as a coach. Yeah. You know, I can't believe, you know, it's not allowed at, our, at LaSalle, but lifting your palms up to the ref like you're an energy, energy vampire, as if the ref's really going to change his mind because you lifted your palms up, <laughs> signaling, like, what's up, ref? Really? <laughs> like, if you actually watch it on film, it's silly. Like, who do you think you are? Just put your palms down and worry about the next, the next play. Um, you put all that together, and you have a really nice, powerful system of improving and seeing yourself no different than being evaluated in the business world, being evaluated as a teacher when the principal sits in to watch you. It's, it's a, a method that falls in the same you know, ballpark of how to get better. So as we move into our guest roundtable today, we'll talk a little bit more to get to know John. We've heard a lot about video from a coaching perspective. I think it'll be interesting to talk about uh, a little bit that he touched on with the highlight culture we're in today and also um, learn more about the business side of what John does. I first met John in 2011 filming the next Philly Girls Showcase at the Westtown School. He and a small crew were hired to film our event and they quickly made a good impression. Since then, he and his group have grown, moved their office to Philadelphia and have been a, and have been a proud partner of our club and the next events. They are an industry-leading group at this point, and we are looking forward to learning more today. John, take us back to the start of your company, you know, how it started, your passion for video, and anything you want to share with our listeners. Yeah, so it kind of started in a, in a grassroots way. Went to school, played lacrosse, went for video production, yeah. and learned the hard way that I didn't have any video of myself playing, aside from a few games of my father filming, to put together a video. And every school I went to visit said, let me see your video. And I was looked at him and said, what? So learn the hard way. You know, my younger brother prospered from that because we knew what to do by going through it. And that's a lot of the thing I have to do with, with parents and our customers is educate them because they just don't know. It might be their first time going through it with, it with their kid. And they got three more on the way and the oldest one pays it for the, for the younger siblings. And what ended up happening was we put together a video for my brother. He got picked up off his video, which is rare. Most of the time, it's you just start a conversation. That's a super um, unique scenario. But, you know, one person heard about that story and we started doing their their athlete and so on and so forth and started to realize we can really, you know, start doing this for a lot more people. I'd be out at tournaments covering one or two people. They'd see the camera on my shoulder or on a tripod, but the big shoulder mount one. And they'd, can you film my kid? Can you film my kid? And we're going back 10 years at this point. Having film at tournaments was a completely new concept. It was like the Wild West out there and started reaching out to events and being like, hey, everyone wants this video. Let us come and we'll, we'll film every game on every field and it'll be evaluated for your participants. And it's kind of ballooned into the business that it is today. Uh, but we were one of the pioneers there. And we the analogy I use is we were kind of building the plane as we were flying it because video equipment is designed to do one thing really well not a bunch of different things so we're at tournaments we got to film 
20 fields simultaneously all day long, it's, it's not that easy. So we've kind of had to critique and build a whole process to bring that to life to help out the other athletes that, that now have what I did not have. So when you say film, highlight film, I guess, can you describe, I guess, who your customers are and then what a highlight film is? Our customers are athletes that want to go on and play sports at the college level. Uh, our, you know, our typical clientele is anywhere, depending on the skill level and uh, where they want to play, anywhere from you know, ninth to 11th grade. Uh, so as, as things go on, certain athletes, it's, it's kind of trending more towards the sophomores and juniors. But basically a highlight is a compilation of your best plays overall against varied competition. Uh, short, right to the point, like, like almost like a trailer that you can send for a coach to evaluate and see you play, and it's a conversation opener. Um, I mentioned that before is a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to get recruited off my video. You're going to send it no different than uh, kids that were applying and send new videos. You said the, you know, some of the humble ones, there was a, you know, let me come play here. You can watch it and see what, see what their skill level is, and then if you like them, you start having that conversation and go see them play live. But that's, that's what a highlight video is. Was it ever hard to watch a bunch of clips at the request of a family and say, this is a tough highlight video to make? Just curious. So with the sport of lacrosse, I have seen some where there's a lot of ground balls in the highlight video. Uh, it's, there's a place and a home for everyone, but I think y you almost need to kind of some, – some reels like that, um, that's more of their, their coach needs to kind of help guide them um, – and point them in the direction of what type of programs they should be looking for. But unfortunately, yeah, there are some that we watch, and it, they're probably not going to get as many views as the others. How about the opposite? What do you think makes a really good video in terms of what's on the clips? So what I tell everybody is you got to kind of make up your own mind. and kind. If you ask 10, different pe 10 people, you're going to get 10 different answers in terms of what should go in a highlight video. And they say, well, what should I have? And we'll use lacrosse as an example. Um, let's say it was uh, an attackman, right? You know, they're like, should I have goals first? Should I have assists first? And I, you know, my my advice to them is put whatever your best athletic play is first. You're, so what we've kind of put together is I've put together a list of what we call our uh, our eight to great. It's it's the eight things that you should have in your highlight video. Uh, you know, it's a highlight video. It's not a feature film. It should be short. It should be right to the point, two three minutes maximum. It's a cheesy saying, but we say. If you, if you have to use a second song, your video is too long. Um, your best play should be up front. And as a tagman, that might be you riding the ball. It might be you taking a, you know, taking a shot, missing, and then hustling and diving to the end line and showing that you don't give up, that body language. It's not about what you do when you mess up. It's what you do after you mess up. Um, you know, having quality plays versus quantity. Um, using good quality video is what should be in your highlight video. So if it's shaky, if it's blurry, if it's too zoomed out in the microscopic dots, or you're zoomed in where you can see every stitch on their jersey, you might as well not even film it. You need to see the play develop. As a coach, how often, if it's zoomed in on a kid and he shoots, you can't tell with somebody else open. Well, you know, you got to look for all those things. Use short, short introduction stuff, your pertinent information before you get into the video. You don't need every stat. You don't need to know that you were most improved in second grade, right to the point. Um, and if they want any more, you can always attach a PDF of your athletic resume and give them everything you need, but get right into the video. Um, and 
in your video, I would promote your marks because the first question out of your out of a out of a coach's mouth mouth is, you know, he's a great player. How are the grades? What are the grades? What are the grades? So if they're good, that should be prominent in your video. That should be on your opening slide. Um, and then the other thing is be proactive. Uh, it's a common misconception that people are going to find you. They're going to hunt around and look online and dig through these profiles and find your video. You got to put it in front of them. It's it's no different than if you. You know, being an a-, a college athlete is a, is a full-time job. That's the, the cliche everyone says. And just like a job, you got to put yourself out there. You got to submit your resume. You got to approach them and go through your interview process. And that's what this is. And then, you know, th- then I can go into the do- don'ts. Maybe we can talk about those later. I got a big question. How do you pick the music? Great question. So, from our perspective, we can't use anything that has copyrights in it, but when people are doing it themselves or if they get a video from us and they put it in there, you know, one of the things is don't use music with profanity. And it, that shows poor decision-making, and a coach doesn't want something. I've definitely had decisions. kids send me videos, and I go, are you kidding? Like, you're going to need to change that. Like, yeah. the, like the Hoosier soundtrack where we're all <laughs> – you, you know, I, I've also heard from coaches. Some of them have said, you know, I didn't really love the kid at first but I like the song he used and I played it six or seven <laughs> times. So I didn't feel like YouTubing his song or that song to listen to again. And then they actually started liking him as they watched him more and more. So think about your target audience. Anytime you make any video, who's going to be watching it? Maybe you pick something that would appeal to their generation. You know, I think it's interesting as you went through the eight to great, which was awesome, is that a film isn't the end all be all. You know, there's so much more going into this entire process. It is a part of this entire journey. And while it's fun to put the tunes in and pick out the moments where you were great or responded to adversity, you know, strongly, the idea that you just mentioned your grades, right? That, that comes far bef- before a film. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite stories is you know, the fact that many college coaches would call me and I have one in particular and then, and say, boy, you know, you, you pulled, I came to watch your game and you pulled my kid. And I'm like, great. I'm not going to hear it from his college coach where he's committed. Uh, in, and that's the, the opposite of all these highlight films. I, I, he got pulled, and and I shouldn't have to defend myself to a college coach or the kid, and I'm not. And the best part is the college coaches never went on to say, why. explain to me why you pulled my kid. They always said, how did he handle it? How did he serve his brothers? Did he go to the end of the bench and throw his helmet and throw a hissy fit because he got pulled for whatever the reason, irrelevant? Or did he go to the sideline and cheer on his brothers? And the guy who replaced them, especially. That's hard to do when you're 15, 16, 17. That kind of stuff doesn't go on film. But they're the phone calls I would get behind the scenes. I don't really care about the highlights. I don't care about why he got pulled. I care about how he responded as a human being. And was he a teammate and a brother to his teammates? And that's what people don't realize. Because we have a lot of people that are trying to, they almost like are trying to, to trick the coaches with a let's shave off a tenth of a second on this one because I don't want to show that the kid he threw it to dropped the pass. If you cut the video, they're going to find that stuff out. They're going to see what they're interested in, but they're going to do exactly what you said. They're going to come to see you live because they want to see those things the video doesn't show. John, could you give us some ideas of things not to do or not to include in our highlight video? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the number one thing you should not do as, a, as an athlete or parent putting together a video is not overthink it. You know, you're not reinventing the wheel here. You're putting your best, your best plays, and it's subjective. Uh, so whatever you deem is the best play is what the best play is. There's no right or wrong. You don't ask a bunch of people because you're gonna get, s- you're gonna get so overwhelmed.
you might want to try and portray yourself as as a, a finisher who's going to score a bunch of goals. You send it to a coach, he's already got a finisher. He needs someone that can dodge, get open, and find his guy. The next coach watches it, and they're they already – they have a guy who can who can dodge and break ankles all day long. They need someone that's going to move off ball, get open, catch it, and finish it. So put how you want to be represented, and you'll find the right fit for you. Um, we, we already talked about not using uh, music with profanity. Um, I w don't try and be artsy with it. We see a lot of people, when they put together videos, they want to try and you know, put audio from a game where an announcer happened to mention their name somewhere. They want to put uh, 10 articles of like a scanned newspaper in the video. You don't need that. Um, I would lose some of the showboating plays. It's okay to put one or two, but sometimes those highlight reels where it's 10 behind the backs in a row or they're swim dodging a bunch of kids. Odds are coach didn't tell you to do, to do all those moves. <laughs> they might have worked out, but it, it'll lead a coach to believe that you're probably not coachable and you're going to be a little bit of a maverick. Um, you don't need to put titles in the corner of every play. Sometimes we'll see people want to write. We've seen on a lot of highlight videos, people write in quotes, hustle play. Your, your audience, again, is a college coach. All they do for a living is break down game film. If they can't tell that that was a goal or an assist without you writing that, you probably don't want to go play for that program anyways. Um, slow motion is not needed. The number one request that we get for videos is slow motion. And the number one feedback we get from coaches that they don't want is slow motion. Again, they saw what happened in it. They don't need you to slow it down. They know it hit the top left corner because they're watching it in real time. They see, they see it two steps ahead of it. Tell me more about you just getting feedback from college coaches. I think that's really interesting. One of, the, one of the best things, I would kind of direct everyone to our website. If you head to our website, uh, nlvproductions.com, on the, in the highlight reel section, we have a whole learn more page where I actually have the eight to great listed out, the do's, the don'ts. Okay. But I have a, a five-minute video where we interview, uh, interviewed uh, probably 10 or 12 coaches, and they talk through all those different things. Cool. So that I would say go there as a resource and watch that video. You can hear it right from the horse's mouth. And, Helpful. yeah, they'll point you in the right direction. How about when your company films a full high school game? We're not talking about highlight tapes anymore. Can you talk to me a little bit about filming just a high school game? It sounds simple, but and I was a high school former coach, there were certain things I wanted done or not done. It might have been my own preference, but any thoughts on just generic high school game filming? Yeah, don't be zoomed in. Uh, when you're filming high school games, it's, it's, about, it's about the X's and O's. And one of the things that you, when you're breaking it down is some kids, when you draw on a whiteboard and you draw the X's and O's, depending on their IQ, it doesn't compute to them. I was one of those athletes where I was like, yeah, coach, I got it. And then, you know, I you know, just yesing him to death. You didn't. And then you actually see it on the game and all the plays that you've been drawing up or you, you're trying to explain in practice, it kind of clicks when you see it. But if you're only seeing, you know, like a lot of people get, you know, they're, they're used to what they see on ESPN where they have 50 cameras and they're, they're cutting between it and they're kind of two-thirds of the way zoomed in because it makes for a more, uh, a more action-packed viewing experience. But the replays will be wider where you can see everything. You don't have replays from a coaching perspective at high school. So you want it to be wide, and you kind of want to encapsulate the entire play. Basically, uh, you know, you know the the six offensive players. You want them all in the in the shot at the same time, and then you kind of adjust on the fly with that. Some coaches have had us start and stop recording every time the ball goes in, out of bounds. This way, it kind of clips it up automatically and saves you time later on, where you don't have to clip it down. It's already kind of indexed, and you can, when you see a faceoff, you can kind of rewind and go back and know that the previous clip was a goal or whatever it may be. But the, when, you're, when you're having that done, having it done professionally will make a big difference versus giving it to an injured JV player or whatever it may be. 
to kind of keep up with the action. Filming, it's all about anticipation. The analogy I use is it's like, it's like uh, you know, trying to hit somebody on the run. If you throw it to where they are, you're gonna th- underthrow them. You got to lead them a little bit, and that's kind of how filming should be as well. Yeah, well, I got two pet peeves to pass on. One is let it roll just a couple seconds after the goal, so you can see everybody's body language, and then show me the clock so I know the time, and wait till they change the score. So, if you show the scoreboard too soon, it's five three when really it's now five four. I want to see that it's now five four at nine minutes and thirty seconds mm-hmm. of the second quarter. When mm-hmm. I'd watch and I'd be like, where are we? <laughs> what's the score now? And what's the clock time? That'll bring, with all those turning points, too, you mentioned in the game. That's got to be that's got to be crucial. Yeah, but I'll see some of those and be like, I, I don't have a clue. Now I have to start my own clock. <laughs> We're somewhere <laughs> around the nine-minute mark. That's a great tip for our coaches out there that are, you know, getting ready for their season and talking to their uh, the person helping them film games. John, I just wanted to ask you as a lacrosse fan, uh, I guess, you know, where are we with the current state of, of media in lacrosse, you know, how do, how do you watch lacrosse? How do you watch highlights? Uh, what is your company, you know, doing um, with social media? You know, what's the presence there? And um, we've come a long way since just recording the NCAA Final Four games and watching those VHS tapes all year. So tell us more about it. Well, from a social media perspective, for what we put up, is, so we're out there filming all these games. We're filming every game. We're, the analogy I use is, we're looking we're putting up the needles in a haystack but we're filming every single game so we have a lot of needles in these haystacks so we're putting up all these different highlights the 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 fancy flashy goals and the kids love it and it's almost it's it's almost like i'm trying to think of a good word to articulate what i'm trying to say but you know it like makes their day we've been at tournaments where we're in the hotel and some of the kids are staying the same hotel the crew is in and we hear the kids whisper like the next level video guys are walking there they are and they're coming up to us and be like and they're requesting us that we put the, the, their, their highlights from the day on there. They're telling us in the second quarter of this game, I had a really good goal. And we look at it, it's not really – some of them are excellent, some of them are not as good. But we put it up there anyway. And some of these, these kids, it, it, like, it blows your mind how respectful some of them are. And they, they, they write these long-winded DMs to us. They're like, thank you so much. I've, all I've ever wanted to be was featured on a, a social media platform. And thank you. It made my day. And, like, to be able to – give back and help out some of those athletes is very rewarding and it gives them a chance to to get a little bit of their 15 minutes of fame to get 20,000 views on their their goal um, but some of the other things that I've seen and I think the the PLL does an excellent job and I think that's one of the the biggest reasons why they've they've grown so quickly is they've embraced the social media and they've they've put some fame to some of the players and gotten to the youth of the sport and they've become heroes to, to these kids you hear them talking about them and, and that's it's impressive. It's really impressive what they do and the content that they put out there. It's, it's, it's high quality. And I think that that's that's they're doing what we all say is they're helping grow the game. Yeah, I left them out when I was I was talking earlier. But if you're not watching the PLL YouTube and the mic'd up sections they're doing, um, you're really missing out on an opportunity to learn. Yeah, so, John, it's been great bringing film into our podcast here at first, as I mentioned, as we opened the show, (laughs) I wasn't so sure, but you know, the more I thought about it, this is just such an integral part, not only the recruiting process, but high school teams and scouting that uh, you have a really great job and you make a difference for lots of coaches, families, and kids. So thanks for, uh, you know, doing what you do for all of us. And thanks for putting together the podcast guys. One of my, one of my favorite things to listen to on the commute to work. So I appreciate you guys having me out here. All right. So here's our final section. I mention this every show. It is my favorite. You, you are on a shot clock. 
And we're just going to, I'm going to give you just a couple topics for homework. So I'm going to ask you, do you have a quick suggestion for homework if a player is listening? And do you have a quick suggestion of homework for a parent who might be listening? And then same for a coach who might be listening. And then we'll just be curious, you know, what you're listening to yourself or reading these days. That's how the game works. But I'll gong you if you roll too long. Got it? You got it. <laughs> All right. Start the clock. Players, watch your film. A lot of, a lot of coaches, they, they put these resources together for you. You can only have so many – there's only so much time at practice to sit together as a team and watch it. It's, you know, champions are made when no one's watching. You need to go and put the film on yourself and learn from it, and get, that's how you get better. Parents, I encourage you to encourage your kids to watch their film. You're the, you guys are fitting the bill, buying this film for them. Hopefully they're using it, but I also encourage you to watch it with them. You might not know the sport, and they can explain some of the stuff to you that you're watching. And then it's also a bonding moment between you and your, you and your child, and these are moments that you don't quite get back. I know my father, it's that nostalgia piece. He misses when you know my brother and I used to watch those things with him. And then for coaches, if you're not one of the coaches that are – taking care of getting video together for your, your athletes, uh, I would strongly encourage you to do that. It's When you get into coaching, we don't do it for the money. We do it for the love of the game and to give back to these athletes. And it's not it's one of those things not in your job description to organize it, but you should because it's only going to help them in the long run. So if you can, do what you can, or at least you can lead the horse to water. You can't make a drink, but if you can at least say you gave them the tools, it's up to them to use them. So try and try and get video as a resource for your athletes. What are you reading or listening to these days yourself? Um, I've been listening to a lot of film podcasts lately. It's just been, you know, look at the, the history of it. Cause as, from next level, the next phase that we're kind of going into the company, we started doing production and then switched more to a mass capture of the video, but things like what the PLL is doing that, that higher level quality content, we're kind of shifting gears back and we're doing more, putting a lot more resources into our production. So going back to kind of the, the film class days and listening to podcasts on the different productions behind the scenes in uh, film throughout the years. It's, it's pretty interesting what, what really goes on because, um, you know, just to put it's, – it's just wild to know what you can do with, uh, with content. And, and we have a huge library of it. And where we might be in the future. What's film going to look like as we move into the digital age or the 3D range? I mean, it, the sky's the limit. It could be fascinating 10, 15 years from now. Thank you, Coach Leahy. Thank you, John. This was a thought-provoking episode, and I think we have valuable nuggets for the parents, players, and coaches out there. It's really here, really cool to talk with John and hear more about video, both on the business side as well as just the social media side. If you're not already, please follow Next Level Video on Instagram. Is that the handle? That's the handle. And the website one more time. NLVproductions.com. And for Coach Leahy and our producer Justin, we're signing off from the Navy Yard. Thank you. Got it, Coop. <laughs>